Thanks for tuning in to Just Another Football Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Miles. With me today is one of the creators of U Stadium, the app that sponsors this funny little podcast now, uh, Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, man? Connor, dude, love being here. Love that you got the podcast running. Um, excited to talk, talk football, talk drafts, everything. And it's been a while, so it's uh, nice to catch up. Of course, man, and you know me, I love talking football, I'll talk any team. I, it's it's just <laughs> fun. It's And plus, we have nothing going on right now, so it's fun to just sit back and discuss uh, every team, but I know we're going to focus on the Jets, the AFC East, and then we got a couple of mailbag questions from U Stadium that we can cover real quick, but just to start it off, everybody's asking what are the Jets going to do with the 11th pick, what is your gut feeling? I mean, my gut feeling and also... You know what you just keep hearing and hearing is is offensive tackle, right? And in such a, mm-hmm. a a deep draft, but also you know four guys who you know you know it's a good class when you can't find you know two people with the same rankings of the top four guys, right? You know, so it's Thomas Beckton, worse Wills, who has them where? Um, you know, ask ten different people, you're going to get ten different answers. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really it depends on. You know what scheme you're running. Where, where, do, what do you value? Are you looking for, you know, the prototypical left tackle? Or are you looking for somebody who's, you know, super athletic? Um, it, it, it's kind of you know your your pick here. So um, my gut tells me offensive tackle again. Are they, you know, are the, one of the four going to be there? Um, do you take the fourth, you know, your fourth ranked li- offensive lineman over that number one ranked receiver, which you might have your pick of the litter of? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. I think when push comes to shove, if there is an offensive lineman there, they'll take one of them. Otherwise, I could see it coming down to one of the three receivers, I should say, because I shouldn't discount Henry Ruggs in this conversation, even though he's a distant third. And for me, um, I won't discount him just because of the scheme fit with an Adam Gase um, and also Joe Douglas, too. So uh, I think it'll be either an offensive lineman or one of those three receivers. All right. So here's my look on it. I'll add my opinion. Sam Darnold is the most talented quarterback the Jets have had, like, for a long, long, long time. He's getting injured now a lot lately. That offensive line has been laughable. George Fant, swing tackle, that contract, if you look at it, you get out of it after one year if it's that bad. Like, that doesn't scream to me starting starting offensive tackle for them. That screams if we don't get the guy right away, at least we have somebody. That offensive line has been awful. They addressed it in free agency. You got Greg Van Roden. They, they got Connor McGovern. Uh, I know you guys are a fan of your right tackle. I believe, what is he, a rookie last year? He was third-round pick. So, you need to protect Sam Darnold's blindside and give him more time in the pocket to make plays, especially now that you got Brashard Berryman in there who I like a lot, honestly. I think he finally put it together last year. And a lot of people look overlooked the fact that those four games that he had over 100 receiving yards, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin weren't there to take the attention away. So I I, I like, and he hit, Joe Douglas is familiar with him with the time of the Ravens. So I do think you can tap into that potential there, especially with Darnold's arm. Just give him time. This wide receiver draft yeah. is so, this class is stacked. You guys are in prime position in the second round to address wide receiver, like a Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Brandon IU, T. Higgins, who I think would be a perfect fit for the Jets. Mm-hmm. He might be there for them in the second round. Who many would say he would be a first-round pick-type talent if he tested better and this class wasn't so deep. So you go ahead and you take Andrew Thomas. 
uh, I believe will be on the board at the time. Mo- really, statistics-wise, the most proven left tackle in this class. And Joe Douglas loves college production. That's the perfect left tackle for them going forward. He reminds me so much of Jason Peters. Uh, to me, when you get on the board at 11, there's no way you don't take Andrew Thomas if he's there. I agree with you. And I've had this discussion um, you know, since before the season started, this college football season, even last year. Uh, Thomas, to me, was the best left tackle in, in college football, hands down. Um, I know Mackay Becton has been kind of like the hot name on the scene. I see him as I see him also as a left tackle, but I see him as like that boomer bust prospect. Mm-hmm. I could see it going either way for him. He can be one of those guys where you look back and you're like, man, we completely whiffed on this guy and we bought way too much into these workouts. Or I can see him being this super athletic kind of next level offensive tackle where you're, you know, you got your guys for, you got your guy for 12, 15 years. So I don't know if there's much of in between on Becton. And then to me, and I know this is kind of, uh, I get into some you know trouble or some deep conversations with about Wirfs and Wills. I see those guys either better on the interior of, of your offensive line or on the right side of your offensive line. So to me, Jedrick Wills obviously a little different situation because Tua was a lefty playing um, you know right tackle at Alabama. Um, is he going to be able to switch that left side? Also in the NFL now, you have you know so many different defensive fronts and different look, and players are so athletic and you're doing so many different things where. You know, sometimes your right tackle is, you know, going one-on-one with a better edge rusher or whatever it may be. So, you know, you do need both sides of that offensive line, you know, really, you know, kind of taken care of. So, um, you know, if you're really focused on that one side of the line. But for Thomas, for me, the production is there. The size is there. The pedigree is there. The college, you know, the Georgia background, I love that. I value the offensive – I value the – um, schools that they come out of, obviously Wills with Alabama and Worfs, Iowa is a, a factory for offensive linemen as well. But to me, Andrew Thomas is just that clean cut, like long armed, big hands, aggressive, strong hands. Um, I don't know if I mentioned aggressive, and if I said repeating myself, but he's he's deceptively athletic. I don't know if people, you know, you see him, you kind of just think of a, a big kind of brick house, but he can move. So he's not just kind of a guy who's going to be stuck in mud there. So. I agree with you, and, and I agree with this you know, deep off, uh, wide receiver class, but um, another another kind of conversation, I think Judy is hands down the number one receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have C.D. Lamb above him. Some people even have Henry Ruggs, but to me, Judy is a better fit for Donald and in this offense. You know, you're, you're an Eagles guy, so you know, you're playing in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. you gotta, you got to take into consideration the weather the winds at the Meadowlands, so the terrible stadium where the Jets play at, but um, you need a guy. Jerry is just, uh, Judy is just a guy as a separation machine. I don't know if the other guys are going to be able to do that. So, you know, if Darnold has a guy, desperately needs a guy like Jerry Judy. Um, so it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough decision. Um, and it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what offensive lineman is available you know do the giants get one at three do the panthers take one do the jaguars take one you know those are those three you know you have the teams that you think are going to take them um you know the browns are definitely an offensive lineman spot Mm -hmm. also is trent trent williams traded to the browns or is trent williams traded somewhere who you know who knows about that so um so many things can happen but i mean obviously i think it's going to be one of the offensive tackles or one of the top receivers but um i would like it if the jets kind of doubled up on both of the offensive tackle and wide receiver position, you know, with their, with their first four picks, to be honest with you. Um, 
you know, the two third rounders they have, thankfully, from the Giants with that awful trade for Leonard Williams. Um, the second rounder at 48, and then obviously 11. They really did, yeah. Um, Andrew Thomas, though, last year, probably, I, I thought he was the cleanest left tackle prospect. I, I believe he's the cleanest left tackle prospect in this draft. Uh, one sack, zero hits, and only eight hurries last year on 410 pass blocking snaps. Andrew Thomas owes Jacob Fromm, I mean, excuse me, Jacob Fromm owes Andrew Thomas mm-hmm. a part of his signing bonus uh, be- yeah. just because of how much time Andrew Thomas allowed him to be back there. If I'm the Jets, I'm looking at the roster side because that defense needs to be built up. It's it's not there yet. The offense could be very good this year, especially with this draft class coming in. If they attack the wide receiver and offensive tackle position, because you will upgrade the offensive line, obviously, in free agency, like I noted earlier. Bell's going to have a better year, and I think they're going to utilize him more as a weapon. Since he's here, you have to accept it now at this point. Perryman, like I said, is going to be well. Crowder, I also like in the slot. You look at the second round, they could, I mean, I know that you're looking at a guy who wants to get separation, I completely get that, but T. Higgins is an ex-wide receiver for the Jets, does make sense for me, just the way he climbs the ladder, and you look at the corners in that division, it's not that they have that many tall corners. I know that the Dolphins obviously have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones now, which I think is going to be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. And Stephon Gilmore is obviously, he is the best corner in the NFL. So it is tough, but you want to get a guy who's tall on them, and you look what Devontae Parker did to Gilmore last year. He used his size to bully him. I, I wouldn't mind seeing T. Higgins and Sandarno just chucking it up to him because he does have – his his combine speed wouldn't wouldn't tell you it, but he does have some speed he uses right off the line of scrimmage. I, I, and he beats press, like, routinely. Yeah, I and think, you love that Clemson – again, pet, the word pedigree. Like, you love that Clemson receiver bloodline, right? So right. that's another – another positive for Higgins. I agree. I think, you know, Higgins was probably the third or fourth guy middle, you know, on the later end of the first round, the later end of the 20s. Then he doesn't, you know, perform at the pro day. Um, You know, teams obviously value that. Mm -hmm. So you see him sneaking back into the second round. So there's that cluster of, you know, I think you see Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, and Jefferson are locks for the first round. You know, then you have, like, the Higgins, Chenault, Mims, Rieger, Ayuk, Pittman, like you mentioned, Hamler. Like, that group of that group of guys, you're going to see, like, such a run on receivers at the top of the second round. Absolutely. Where, like, you, you might have to move up to get one of those guys just because, like, you know, teams or, you know, teams maybe trade up into the bottom of the first round to get a guy, you know, that they like. Um, so, like, there there are guys you can double dip there. Um it's it's really interesting. So maybe the Jets do get, let's say they do are able to get Andrew Thomas. They can grab Higgins at forty eight and move back or move up with that top third round pick and get themselves in a position to get you know another one of these receivers. You know, so you come out of it with your left tackle and two really talented receivers for Darnold. So you can go with you know because you have uh, Perryman on a one year deal, Quincy and Nunwa you can't count on with the injury. You have Crowder in the slot has his role defined. He had a really good year. Was Darnold's number one target when he was was in there? Um, and the Jets have two talented tight ends that they like a lot. And Herndon, who missed all of last season, the first four games with the suspension, and then uh, got hurt and couldn't, you know, was out for the year. And um, you know, so the, the tight end position they they really like a lot too with Ryan Griffin, who had a big year. 
So, you know, there, there's some options if you can. And like you said, if the, that offensive line is better because, you know, you lose Beecham, who was their best offensive lineman last year, but, is, you know, he's average. He's an average left tackle. And I'm surprised he hasn't signed anywhere yet with, you know, the, the lack of, you know, left tackles out there. I mean, even Peters is still there, but um, he'd be an interesting guy for me if the Jets can't get that top left tackle in the draft year to bring in on a one-year deal and then try and go at it next year. Um, just to kind of hold the fort, depending on where he is health-wise. But um, <clears throat> they have their options, and they have that, that second, third-round pick that I wouldn't be surprised, again, if he misses on that offensive tackle at 11 and has to take a receiver, if they do try to get back to the bottom of the first round for like an Ezra Cleveland from Boise or Josh Jones from Houston, um, Austin Jacks from USC, that, that kind of sec- second tier of tackles. Even Isaiah Wilson, another offensive lineman who's – um, mm-hmm. you know, rising up the boards. I see him more in like the second round, but you never know if a run on tackles happen early. You get a team like Seattle or somebody who's scattering for a tackle at the bottom of the first round. You know, may you know take him as the best guy who you know they're trying to come out of the draft with a tackle. So you really never know when you do get into that like twenty five range. What teams do down there? It always gets a little difficult. All right, let's move on to the AFC East, my man. It's a wide open division finally. Tommy goes to Tampa, so it's it's. I can't even. I, I, I guess you know with everything going on with obviously the virus and sports being gone and the free agency was a little weird. It didn't kind of like feel like it happened really. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it was just it was different. Um, it just really hasn't like set in that oh, no. Brady's gone. It, but, it, you it know, has like, no, nothing this offseason. season. My childhood, I, like my wife laughs when I tell her that, or. You know, other people or my parents or something. I'm like, this guy like ruined my life. Like as a kid, like you know, I was 11 or 12 years old when he when he took over, and like every year you had no shot to win the division. There was that like one or two years where you kind of felt like you know maybe they could do something. And when push came to sh- you know, push comes to shove, they were wild card teams, and you know they beat them in 2010 in the playoffs, which was awesome. But like other than that, you you know, and and prior to that, I talked to my uncle, obviously. You know, one of the reasons we became Jeff fans, you know, he's the same. It was the same thing with Marino and Jim Kelly. Like, he's not he, like he has it worse than I do because he grew up in the '80s with Marino and Kelly. Then in comes Brady, so he's lived his entire you know forty plus years of life as a fan with an elite Hall of Fame level quarterback. So, um, you know, you can argue Sam Donald is the best quarterback in the division right now if they put the pieces around him. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, never discount Belichick in the Pats. Um, I I just I can't see them going into the season with Hoyer instead. Of, I don't know for what I think they have something. You know, maybe it's an Andy Dalton trade that happens. You know, maybe they don't want to pay him, or maybe they don't want to give up. Like if the Bengals are looking for a third rounder now, um, who's going to take Andy Dalton? It seems like everybody's. You know, that's why like Cam and Jameis are sitting out there. You know, they really can't find spots they want to start, obviously, or if they want to look, you know, try and go the Tannehill route where they go with a quarterback who's on thin ice and, you know, they can push them out and, and kind of try and hit it again next year in the market. Um, is Dalton going to be out there? Like, that worries me, and it sounds weird because it's like Andy Dalton sucks. You know, everybody says, like, he's a laughing stock. He shits on the Jets. Like, I, I'm scared to play Andy Dalton all the time. I don't know. There's something about him. I don't like playing him. He's a smart player, you know. He's he's got something there, and if you give Belichick, 
you know, give him a little bit, you know, with Dalton. And, and I, I, for some reason, I think that's their best option right now. I don't think it's Cam. I, don't, I know it's not Jameis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the Hoyer Stidham duo. Uh, who knows what they're able to do? They're just too far back in the draft to kind of move up into like the Tua territory. So it's. I, I see them doing something. I just don't know what. And that defense and special teams unit, they're going to win you. They're going to win nine games regardless. You know, so it's like, you know, eight or nine games, let's say, depending on who's playing quarterback, just because Belichick is better than any other coach in football. And the defense, even though they lost a few pieces, when does that ever matter? You know, he's able to kind of fill in here and there. So, um, but it's why if a team can win 10 games, they can win the division this year. So when was the last time you could say that about the AFC East? It was always, you know, spot Tom and, and Belichick 12, you know, and then give or take a few on either side. So, um, you know, the Dolphins with a plethora of picks, they should be better. Um, well, hold up. Let's, go, let's go back the to the Patriots real quick. Cause, so I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of new listeners from U Stadium now that we're doing this. I had Mark Schofield on my show, and he he covers the NFL Wire, for, but he was really close to the Patriots. He was a Patriots beat writer for years. And I had him on the show right after Tom Brady left, and I said to him, because mm-hmm. obviously Andy Dalton is the – you. it's not even a debate who the best fit quarterback is for that could be available for Patriots. It's Andy Dalton. I don't what? care what anybody says. The Cam Newton graphics are nice and all, but it's Andy Dalton. <laughs> So I said to him, I said, there's no way. I said exactly what you said. I said, there's no way that team goes into the season. Because he predicted Brian Hoyer going there. He's like, the Colts are probably going to cut him yeah. now that they signed Rivers. Uh, he's going to go to the New England, obviously, because he knows the playbook, which obviously made sense. They're barely paying him. Right. He's, now, he, I said to him, they have to get any doll. And, like, Bill Belichick is not going to roll over for a year. And he told me I'm wrong. He said that they love Jared Stidham there. He said that they saw enough from him in training camp, and you're going to see – he predicted it back then. You're going to see them be patient on the quarterback market at Brian Hoyer and not hear a peep about what they're going to do quarterback-wise because they want to play – they want to roll with Jared Stidham. Now, for the reason why he said, he said it's going to – he thinks it would be a test year for them, and they'll be lucky to go 7-9. and nine. And then they might try again next year. Look at the Trevor Lawrence – and Justin Fields of the world. Yeah. Which makes sense, so but yeah. Can you buy that, though, with Belichick, though? Like, oh, no. I don't. I don't think so, because he's not going to trade. They're not going to trade for Andy Dalton on his contract. Not happening. There's no, like, no. They, they can't fit it in. They have no cap space. They just, Joe Tooney just signed his franchise tag. They're they're done. Yeah. That could be a trade possibility, too, I would watch out for in the draft. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the for the question because it is possible. But I mean, you I mean, I guess you're gonna have to like really arm wrestle the Bengals and say pay most of his salary. Yeah, I mean, and, and you saw them before the you know the 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 word out was they're gonna try and do right by Dalton and get him to you know a spot where <clears throat> he's good with they they want to do right by him basically. So is Dalton gonna say okay, I'll restructure this contract into more of a one year? deal it looks like a two to three year deal but it's really just a one you know one two kind of one or two kind of year deal where the cap hit is more heavy on the back end where they're in a little bit of a tougher position now you know maybe that's what happens if they can't find another spot are they going to hang on to him and pay him that i I don't know so i think like i just have a hard time and and 
he, you know, the the writer like who you said was on, like he might be right. Like, and and they do like Stidham. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna claim I know anything about Bill Belichick. I don't know if anybody really does, but um, right. I don't think to he me does when either. you do that pick six late in that Jet game to Adams and he yanked him right after that. How much do you really love? <laughs> do you really love the guy? I don't know. It's just. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see him punting on it. It's I don't see him punting on a season. He's not exactly the youngest, you know, the youngest right. guy. So, so I mean, we'll see. I could be, I could be right. I could be wrong, but I don't know. That's what. So that's exactly what I thought. Because even if they think about, it's just tough. You think the, I know that defense is so good, and the, you like you said, I that's what I told him too. Because he, he he again, this is a guy who follows them at training camp and stuff like that. So. He he, yeah. he he arm wrestled me. No, 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 I'm not doubting him yeah. either. I'm just saying, like, he he pretty much acted like he knew more than me, which he did. So, but from my point of view, I'm with you on that. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I mean, Kyle Van Noy is nice and all, but Kyle Van Noy wasn't nice when, before he got with Bill Belichick. And, yeah. I mean, Elena Roberts, yeah. easily replaceable. And Danny Shelton, was, they traded literally nothing for him. They even got something out of him. Like, these guys that they lost, it's not like they can't replace them with... Especially with that twenty third pick, I because I don't think they're gonna if they draft a quarterback this year, I see it being Jake Fromm in the second round, and that's what yeah. I think it's gonna be or Eason, but I think it's gonna be Fromm to at least challenge Cinema. because yeah. you can pass that all if you pass. Look, I mean, the Panthers drafted Jimmy Clausen in the second round. The next year, draft Cam Newton first overall. It's not it's not right. an indication of what you're gonna do with your next pick next year. But if you get Dalton. That, that's one thing. It's not a long term fix, obviously, and he's going to win enough games where you don't. You're not going to be in the quarterback range. When you're looking at teams of quarterbacks right now, some of these guys are going to be in the hunt for Lawrence's and then Justin Fields of the world right out of the gate. Especially if the Chargers right. don't do anything at quarterback. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it sounds like they. I mean, I think they get Dalton too. I, I'll just say it now too. I think it's what. Obviously, the Joe Burrow pick's going to happen. Then you're going to have to be like, all right, we need to do something about Dalton. I think the only reason why they're Dalton's camp's being so patient is because of coronavirus. Because if I were him, I'd be like, yo, let's yeah. get the Burrow talk already. Let's get let's get it moving. Like, I'm obviously not yeah. going to be here. Um, so, yeah, I would see him go to the Patriots. But then that makes them a playoff contender, even if it's a wild card. Because he's going to do enough for them to go to playoffs with that defense. So right. then you're out of the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and, range. And the rest of the teams in the AFC East, it's not like it's a it's it's a great division. I mean, you have the Bills. How you know, how serious are the Bills? I mean, I know they have a great defense. I know they can run the ball. You know, Allen can make a few plays here and there, but nobody's scared of the Buffalo Bills. No, you know, Josh Allen's not going to win the games. Josh, he's not going to be the guy that you when it comes down to clutch yeah, time to play He's going to throw a dumbass pick. He's going to throw. Back. Yeah, I. I like him. Belichick knows with a, with average quarterback play, he can win the division. Right. So maybe he does see Stidham as the guy who can do that. Um, you yeah. know, Hoyer or whatever, he's there for, to fill the quarterback room. They can move on from him if they wanted to, whatever. Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, I love it <laughs> as a Jet fan. It's like the first time in forever I can at least dream about a potential, you know, division run. You know, if they can put a few things together. Obviously, the Jets are probably still a few years away, but... Um, they were a seven-win team last year, and the quarterback had mono for the first four weeks, five weeks of the year. So, um, it's it's going to be an interesting division. The Dolphins, I, I think Flores is a good coach. I think he's I think he's a guy who 
kind of plays by his own rules. He doesn't try to mm-hmm. be the Belichick. Um, he's got that like gutty New York attitude with that tough, with a tough upbringing. He doesn't take shit, but he's also, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good teacher. Um, <clears throat> questionable move with the Changeli offensive coordinator hire. Very I questionable. Was, like, I don't understand that at all. And not only that, the guy totally fell off the map. Where where did this guy come back from? So I didn't, I didn't get that one. Um, but hey, they have so many picks that they can add. So if they get three or four impact players out of those what seven first three round picks or like eight first three round picks they have, um, you know they could be in, in shape to really kind of ramp this uh, rebuild up. So, I know you said something to me on Twitter when I said it, but they need to draft Tua. They cannot screw yeah. up the quarterback position again. They need, and I'm I'm not the huge, biggest Tua fan either. I don't think he's like a next generational prospect, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be, and I, very, I, I value so much an accurate quarterback play and a quarterback that can accept the defense with his eyes. Uh, that That's yeah. starting quarterback material, and that's Tua right there to a T. Um, they, they need to... I mean, the tank was on for Tua. Everybody wants to forget before Joe Burrow happened, it was tank for Tua. And sure. the Dolphins made all those moves to... In thought of that. And their owner loves him. I think they're just trying to put all these smoke screens out because we all know it. Like, they made it way too obvious beforehand how much they were infatuated by Tua. The medicals, to me, I mean, you got fooled with Drew Brees once. Go ahead and do it again, I guess. Because uh, if, if I'm... Yeah, gonna, that's I, the thing, right? It's like... How real is, is the medical issues? It's that's because if, if if in a perfect world you have Burrow, Tua, and Herbert healthy, there's a real conversation about Tua at one. You know, so you know this might be more of a Burrow's going to go one, Tua's going to go two. Like it still could technically happen. I don't see it, but they have to go get Tua. That you can. I mean, look at both of our teams. You guys traded up aggressively for once. Like we traded mm-hmm. up aggressively for Darnold. I don't regret it for a second. No. Like, if there's a guy and you, and you have your, you know, and you're set on him, you can't give up enough for a franchise quarterback. Let him sit for a year or two. Like, let him sit. Keep fits this year. If he's, you know, not healthy to play, they're not going anywhere this year. Next year, if, you know, you're, you'll get a better, you'll get a full real off season to see what he's about. Um, and then, you know, if he, if he, if he's a starter next year in 2021, that, then, then that's awesome. If not, like, you know, you see where you're at. You still have multiple picks again next year in the first round. So, like, you have to get your guy. You can't sit there at five and say, all right, well, if two is not there, we'll just take Herbert. Like, you don't win that way. No. You got to have that conviction, and you have to – you can't take Herbert if you're the Dolphins. No, I'm no, sorry. no. See, you can't do it. No, you, you can't, can't even you can't even take Jordan Love. You I, you, I don't you care. can't take either guy that's not. They can't even take Burrow to be honest with you. They that that offense is so not like Chan Gailey, Two years tops. They're gonna make a change yeah. at some point. They're gonna they're gonna realize how bland their offense is and cha- and make a change mm-hmm. at play caller. You need a guy who can come in right away and pretty much take control of your offense and handle the situation and the pressure of being the Dolphins guy, given everything that they really did to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert and Jordan Love are not some doing teams, that. Some franchises need that face more than others do. And the Dolphins need a guy like Tua, even if you think Herbert's better, let's say, for whatever reason, 
You're the Dolphins wrong. ownership and coaching staff say, all right, we think Herbert's a little bit better or on the same level as Tua, and then the medicals are the deciding factor, so we're going to go with Herbert. You can't – it's almost like going back to Tannehill again. Yes, Tannehill over Russell face. Wilson. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah, he's a faceless guy. Like, there's, there's going to be no jolt. The fans aren't going to be like behind it. And, and, say, and say what you want, like, you're not going to make decisions based off of fan reaction, but the Dolphins are in a situation where they've been so meaningless and so bad, and they've had nothing to kind of hang their hat on. They need to go get a guy – who you can say, hey, we have Tua here. He's not starting. We're going to take it really slow. We have a ton of picks where we're going to develop, you know, put this roster together, put this beast offensive line together, get him a really good running back, build the defense up. We have Flores. There's no pressure to win right now. We're going to let Tua heal to as close as 100% as you can possibly get, and we're going to put him out there when he is totally healthy, when we get a full offseason out, out of him. And this is the guy who we're going with. You can't, you can't, you just can't do that with Herbert. You can do that if you're the Chargers and get Herbert. You can do that if you're, um, I don't even who who else is in the market for like a quarterback. Like even the Bengals can do that and get her. Obviously, you're going to take Burrow, but the Dolphins need a guy that they can, you know, put out hope for their fans. It's just a different. They're in a different situation. So you know, with trading all their top players. You know, this epic rebuild and tank that they went through. If you go into this and end up with a Justin Herbert and then, like, an edge rusher and a corner at, or not a corner because they signed Byron, or an edge rusher and then um, an offensive lineman out of it, like, you're sitting there as a fan, you're like, we gave up Minka, we gave up Tunsil, we were supposed to tank for Tua, mm-hmm. we've been terrible for five years. There's just no energy. You're not going into next season with any energy. No. Even if you're going in with Tua on the bench, there's just that hope. There's You have to have hope as a fan. Fans aren't going to be clamoring for, for Justin Herbert. Sorry. So, like, it's just, you can't, if you're the Dolphins and you're picking five, you've got to move up and you've got to get your guy because these teams are going to look to trade back because you're only moving back two or three picks. And if you're the Lions and you want Okuda or you're the Giants and you want Simmons or an offensive lineman, you're going to be able to get him. Get an extra second rounder, get a third rounder, move back and get your guy and the Dolphins go up there and get the quarterback. You can't, they can't sit there and, and, and then if they sit there and take Herbert five, it's going to be the same Dolphins. The fans are going to be pissed. The team's going to have no juice. And then people are just going to like, forget about them. So there's got to be, they got, you got to have the balls and go up and get your guy. Especially with Brian Flores, don't waste him. He's actually a good coach. I think that's one of the coaches yeah. that you're going to see be good from the Belichick tree. But, I mean, exactly what you're saying. To me, I think your biggest threat is the Chargers. They could easily trade up to two or three mm-hmm. if they really like two of that much. That tra- that roster is built to win now, right away. Yeah, that's what I think happens too. By the way, it, I, yeah, I think the Lions might be like, we can get Okuda. I'm comfortable. We can get Okuda, but we're going to get more picks because I don't. Yeah. Daniel Slater to me is good. Would is the is the dumb guy in the equation here? Because obviously I would trade too. If it because you can get mm-hmm. either you get a cooter or you get Chase Young. You can't lose. You need both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's gonna be the dumb guy and wants to chase get Chase Young at two. So I could see the Lions exploiting with the Chargers and getting them. But because I mean ju- the the situation for Justin Herbert really with Oregon was for me was he didn't handle pressure well. He looks like Jared Goff a lot to me. And Jared Goff went to the perfect situation Good for him. He, Jared Goff, people, if Jared Goff would have went to anywhere else but the Rams and maybe the Eagles, Oof. 
he's going to look awful. Justin yeah. Herbert is going to go to the Chargers and play with all those weapons that they have, and I think is a decent offensive scheme with Anthony Lynn, and their defense is coming along just nicely. That's a situation where he, you could exploit his weaknesses and be fine still. But yeah. they would much rather have Tua, obviously. I think, I, I mean, yeah. if that's not obvious to some Don't people. Don't discount the fact that they're going into a new stadium. New oh, yeah, the market. No, they need, yeah, they need they, a guy to be a face of the market. They want a guy like Tua. Exactly. I think that's going to be desperate enough. So if the Dolphins are sitting there at five and Tua is their guy, they're, they're kind of just leaking this Herbert thing to kind of cool the fronts on a trade, they better be careful because I, I think the Chargers are locked to move up. Absolutely. You, you, I mean, the, you're talking about the face of a market there, that, a new founding market that you're yep. talking about. Um, that's like, exactly why the, the Rams would go get golf. Uh, get the California uh-huh. Golden Boy to be the face of their new market. Like it, it makes perfect sense for the Chargers to do it. But like you said, yeah, if I'm the Dolphins, you have to get Tua. You cannot walk away with this without Tua. I mean, yeah. I know they beat us last year. but you I was have like, the boatloads of picks, too. It's not like you're sitting there. And you don't have a second rounder to move, or you, you know, you're, you're trying to do this rebuild with as many picks as you have. You have luxury of multiple first rounders in the next two years, and the second and third rounders. Just go up and get the guy, yeah. fill the position, and then build it out from the, from the top down. So, yeah, they have they have the luxury it's of being be desperate enough. It's it's going to be interesting. They have the luxury of doing this and not taking a huge hit in draft yeah. capital. So I mean, it doesn't. It obviously makes a ton of sense, but. I mean, they won this game against the Eagles, but I was there is the when they played the Dolphins, and they need to sell seats for those renovations. That was filled with Eagles fans, filled with Eagles yeah. fans. I only heard the Eagles fans cheering most of the game, and, and we got. And then they came back and kicked our ass. But I mean, they need it. Tua puts butts in the seats. Herbert Love, no, they don't. So. They gotta get. They gotta come away. The, all the smoke that's coming out is because I think the the Dolphins are trying to scare the Chargers. Because I mean, you can't go back. Go go Google the articles on Tua from last year and the Dolphins, and then compare them to now. It looks like a complete smoke uh-huh. screen to me. But the Bills, we'll talk about a little bit because I mean, most people say they they would be the clear favorite right now, and especially with the Diggs addition and that defense. I, I personally like Devin Singletary too, but I'm, I you definitely need to compliment back with him and I think they'll address that this draft obviously it comes down to Josh Allen and, and people are going to hate how we feel about him but I also went to the Bills and the Eagles game the Eagles won that game at least it just comes down to when the game is on the line can Josh Allen make that throw and, and the answer is no he can make some he can, he'll put up points on the board he'll, he'll keep you in games but when the game is on the line can he make that throw and I mean, you can argue he doesn't have. This is like the first year he's gonna have a true number one wide receiver. But I mean, Cole Beasley and uh, uh, John Brown. John Brown, yeah, John Brown played perfect yeah. last year. They were very underrated yeah, duo last a year. Great fit for the type of quarterback that Allen is, but it's interesting because Allen's deep ball accuracy, where you know people saw the big arm, the big body, the big hands. No, like, the accuracy this guy horrible. Can chuck it a mile. His, his accuracy down the field is so bad. So it makes sense to get a guy like Diggs who's going to play within that 10, you know, that, that 5, 10, 15 yards um, where Allen's at least a little bit more accurate, still not very good. Um, I'm always like, you know, to me with Josh Allen, I, I, I want to like him. Even like, take the Jet fan in me out for a sec 
and just put the you know football fan hat on. I want to like him because I see things he brings and he kind of rejuvenates the team. Like right. it's similar to like Cam Newton, you know, with the Panthers. Like he makes, he extends a play, he he runs, he takes a hit. Like he he brings a lot of energy to the team. I think they vibe off of him. I think he's a good leader. You know, he's well liked. He's coachable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a big arm, but like. He at the end of the day, and I think Bills fans, you know, if you if you put a if you put them on a uh, a lie detector test, they'll tell you. I just don't think he's a good enough quarterback, or can he develop into a good enough quarterback at the next level to be a consistent winner, where he's going to be the reason you win games, you know, not lose games. So it's a it's a tough situation because like you like the Bills, there's a lot of things to like about them. I think their coach is awesome. I think their defense is awesome. That, that secondary is crazy. Um, it just, you know, you like the Diggs move, even though because I don't see Diggs as like a top receiver, but I think he's like kind of that next tier. You know, uh, they, they, ever, they, they ever paid a little bit for him. I, you saw what John, but I mean. Yeah. I, and hey, to, you, you have the quarterback you're still not paying yet. You've got to be aggressive. Like, I, I would get it. Yeah, I get it. A little bit more for Darnold, so. I get it. I would. I appreciate yeah. the trade on their standpoint because I don't think you're going to get a Diggs mm-hmm. caliber wide receiver right away at 21, anyways. I mean, excuse me, 22. Right. Um, the thing with me with Josh Allen, I I, I agree with everything you said because he again he does enough to if you're already, if he'll do enough to keep to get the score up or keep you in a game, and if your defense shuts the mm-hmm. offense down, then you're going to win those games. It's pretty much his career at the Bills right. so far, but. He looks the same exact as he did at Wyoming. There has nothing has yep, changed with him and how he plays the game of quarterback at Wyoming. The accuracy deep ball actually hasn't improved. And to me, Stephon Diggs is only gonna last a couple of years with the Bills because if he was complaining about Kirk Cousins and where he I goes agree. with the yeah, ball, I, I don't know what what he thinks is gonna happen with Josh Allen. I mean I, I the Bills are a good, talented team. They have a lot to like, honestly. And that Ed Oliver for them is going to be a franchise cornerstone piece mm-hmm. on defense. Trevadius White's already a top three corner in the NFL, in my opinion. They have uh, Jordan Poyer, who they I don't know how they made into a great safety, but he is. McDermott yeah. brought so much out of him. Micah Hyde, I love too. They have a lot to like, but Josh Allen's is not going to make the throw that he needs to make. I mean... When they get in the playoffs, team, it's going to come down to they're going to take Stephon Diggs out of the game completely. The team's going to play double coverage on him no matter what. Put two guys on him. You can't depend on this guy. He's thrown, he overthrown John Brown, and I didn't think that was impossible. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I'll tell you, the, the offensive system, like the coaching is good. Mm-hmm. It's Brian Dable. Like, it's there. But, like, I don't think it's next level there, and I think that, at the end of the day, is going to always hold them back because, like, you know, you can get by with a limited quarterback, and if he does a few things, like, Lamar Jackson is a limited quarterback. He's a great, like, what he does in that system last year was unbelievable. But that system, it has to be tailored perfectly to the player, and 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 the players around him have to fit. So I know what they're trying to do with the digs and the John Brown makes sense and the single carry. You're trying to run the ball up there. You know, the the opening it up isn't going to work in Buffalo. Just, again, elements, type of quarterback you have. 
Allen is going to need to quickly learn how to play that intermediate game. And that's like, when you compare Allen to Darnold, and I'm not saying it because I'm a Jeff fan, I would take Darnold every single day over Allen. Darnold's the best quarterback Darnold, in the AFC East right now. Period. Yeah, I agree too. I think Allen is in a much better situation with a better coach and a better mm-hmm. team. Um, but give Joe Douglas some time, right? So we'll see. Um, Allen, to me, that intermediate game and the, to play football, like not just throw it and not just go out there and, and like wing it around. I don't think he he knows how to play the game yet. So I think that's going to hurt him. And, and I don't think there's much development. And like you said, like he's the same guy from Wyoming. I think with Allen, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the same case for a Baker Mayfield or a Sam Darnold to kind of talk about that draft class again. I think those guys have so much more to offer and so much more room to develop. The only problem is they went to the Browns and the Jets. Um, not that the Bills are some kind of great organization, but I think McDermott is a much better coach. Oh, Brandon, yeah, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have are hand in hand and yes. with the best relationship in that division. That might be right the now. most underrated group, you know, duo combo in the league. Yeah, McDermott, uh, and Brandon Bean. I, I don't think that gets talked about enough. So, you're not going to like my AFC's pick for the division. I mean, you might pick the same one as me, but I'm going to go with the Bills, obviously, because of the defense, and I think their offense will do enough yeah. to at least win the, the division. Yeah, I don't think the Jets are there yet. I'm not, I mean... Uh, it's not the Jets. I think the Jets could have... I think the Jets could have the best offense in the division if they attack this draft the right way, but... Yeah. Oh, they need a corner, you know, too. Teddy, the Jets could be better in 2020 this year but have a worse record. It may sound weird. Like, they managed to get the 7 and the year schedule, um, played some weak teams. This year, the schedule is much tougher. The team is probably going to be better, but they could, again, go like 6-10, and 10, set like 7-9, and nine, like, unless, you know, we'll see in terms of what they do with the drafts and stuff. But obviously, the roster is not complete yet, but they were so bad without Darnold. It was... It was epically, like, mm-hmm. like historically bad with Luke Falk, um, Simeon for, like, a quarter or two. It was, like, Gacy, like, if you, if you didn't see him standing on the sidelines, you wouldn't believe he was there. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, they, they didn't show up. Nobody cared. You know, you feel bad for Greg Williams and, like, guys like, like Jamal Adams and then, you know, some of the other lesser-known guys in the defense who just played really well last year under Greg Williams. Um, guys, you may not even know their names. If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. They played in the NFL, but you felt bad for them because the defense played really well in those games, and the offense was just going. They would have been better punting the ball on first down every time last year and try to score on defense to win some of these games. Like that's how bad it was without Darnold. And Darnold was sick the week one game. Mosley gets hurt in the third quarter, and it goes downhill. And the season it seemed to end that week one game against Buffalo, like before you can even blink. Um, so, like, they could have a better year, Darnold could be better, and they might not even have a better record than they did last year. So, it, it's a, it's going to be a weird season for them because Douglas signed, basically everybody was on a one-year deal. I love the Pierre Desir move. That was a one-year deal. Yeah, I um, love him. Yeah, the guy like they that. gave, like, multiple years to was Connor McGovern. So, I thought that was a huge, huge move for Darnold. He's been playing behind guys who don't even belong in the NFL at center. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can get him that left tackle, like you know, then you're talking a little bit. Then 
you know, because Darnold has been dealt a very raw deal with the Jets. And, like, I don't mm-hmm. want to make excuses for him, but oh, no, he you can't really get much no, worse if, than what it, he has. <laughs> honestly, if you are, if, I'm not trying to sit up here and act like I'm, I'm a great guy, like I know everything or anything, but, I mean, if you watch the Jets, no, it has not been a good situation. They're throwing out linemen that, like you said, for the defense, they're throwing out linemen you never even heard of at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom McGovern, I thought... People, people like the Greg Van Roten move. So, people like the Greg Van Roten move. I am iffy on it. If, I mean, he's going to be an upgrade yeah, at start. Where, but McGovern, you hit on is right. I love McGovern. I thought he. I think he's going to be a great center. Hello, my fellow sports fanatics. If you are like me and love talking about sports, I have the perfect app for you. It's called U Stadium, a social media app dedicated to sports which allows you to talk about each league with fellow fans, get instant breaking news notifications straight to your phone, and debate the sports we all love. Download the app with either Apple App Store or Google Play Store and join discussions about your favorite team or the rest of the leagues. U-Stadium has contests and point systems to win real prizes like an NFL jersey of your choice. You can find U-Stadium on Twitter and Instagram at U-Stadium, U-S-T-A-D-I-U-M for more information. Log on to U Stadium today and join me as we talk about sports. I mean, it's just a defense. I mean, I love to say I, I think that's a great move. I think Greg Williams really values those tall corners anyway, so I think that's going to be solid for yeah. them. But that's still a need. They still need to add another one. Yeah, um, Mostly coming back to me. You need a corner and need to add an edge rusher for 20 years. So that's what I was going to ask you. I'm going to wrap this up. If you go out in this draft, they get Andrew Thomas, they get the wide receiver that looks like he's going to be a day one contributor right away in the second round. They add maybe more to the linebacking crew. Maybe another corner, actually. Maybe like Bryce Hall in the third or somebody like along that nature where it makes you feel good enough with Greg Williams, who obviously is known for taking guys and just making a defense work with what he has. Mm-hmm. Do you go out and sign Clowney? Because I know that Jets been linked to him, and I know yeah. that Douglas is against it, but, I mean, if you have that kind of draft, if you have that kind of draft, I mean, especially with this division wide open. Especially if he's willing to take a one- or two-year deal, right? So it's that's a one-year deal at this point, the, the word sure. out there now. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> I, I, I would at the end of the day because of the absolute black hole they have there right now. Like, you brought Jordan Jenkins back on a one-year $5 million deal. That was a good move. Otherwise, they wouldn't even have bodies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, good edge setter. Uh, you know, can one or, kind of that one or two move guy. He's not going to really develop into much of a pass rusher, but he's an all-around nice player. Um, Williams likes him and vice versa. If you do add a clowny, like he, it would be interesting because he's going to be hungry to to rack those sack numbers up now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be a guy where Greg Williams is going to put him in a position to get after the quarterback rather than have him kind of sit at home and, and play more of that uh, hybrid player he's been in Houston and Seattle. Mm-hmm. So you know, do you then again do you want a guy who's going to just kind of come in here look for that next contract like? At the end of the day, if he's producing for you, fine. Um, yeah, if they don't address the edge position, I mean, they have so many holes that you can only do so much. And I think the focus needs to be on 
Darnold right now with the offensive line and the receivers, and you think that Greg Williams can kind of make it work, maybe you go out and you sign another veteran cornerback to a one-year deal like Brandon Carr or Quincy Mukamura, and you kind of push that need over into next year where you can address it, get away with it this year. Um, they have a Bless Austin who they really like. Uh, they have uh, Brian Poole, who was one of the best slot corners in, in the game last year. So you feel a little bit, you feel better about that, especially with May and, and Adams back there. So you mm-hmm. feel good about what you have there. If you can get a guy like Clowney on a one or two year deal to improve that pass rush, it's only going to make these corners better. So at the end of the day, if it's a one or two year deal where you know you're guaranteeing the majority of it since it's a short term deal and you can get him at 13 to 14 mil a year, I would probably do it. Um, you know, because then you, because the Jets have some moves that they can make on the cap that I think you're either A, waiting on physicals to, to move on from, or B, just to see if they're going to draft their replacements like Avery Williamson, Jonathan Harris, and the backup center they signed, uh, Josh Andrews, who you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Quincy and Nunwell with a failed physical. They get the June 1st cut to Furman on... Tremaine uh, Johnson, so they get that at $8 million back at June 1st, so there is money that they can kind of, like, play with later on where it's not as available right now, so if you're sitting there with Clowney in June still out there, he doesn't sign right there in the draft, and he wants to sign before training camp, and you do have that luxury if you're sitting on, like, 20 to $25 million that you can kind of play with, <coughs> I, yeah, I, I would probably do it. I agree. I mean... Again, it depends how this draft goes, really, though. Because this, this draft could be the determining yeah. factor if the Jets are really going to go for it this year or if they're going to still keep building for the next couple of years. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think if you go ahead and you add that Andrew Thomas, like we talked about earlier, and then you get the wide receiver like the T. Higgins or Michael Pittman, Brandon, you guys of the world in the second, mm-hmm. it, I mean, you can get a good corner. And this cornerback class I really prefer, actually. I like it a lot. It's pretty deep. You can get a good guy in the third yeah. to play outside, too, if you sign the Prince Rukamura and he goes down with injury. I mean, I would like Prince in this year. I think that's actually a good solid tandem that you can work with Greg Williams anyways, especially with that safety deal. But, I mean, yeah, it just really depends how this draft goes for them and what they do before I can really give my opinion if they can compete or not. But So going really off of that, it's really just looking like the Bills with their defense because even if the Patriots get dull, and I don't, he just doesn't – I don't, he's always going to be Andy Dalton still to me. I know they make everything happen yeah. with anyone, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's just like, I, I, if I'm going to say that about Josh Allen, I'm going to have to say it about Andy Dalton too. He doesn't make yeah. the throws when you need him to in the crunch time. Um, we'll see, man. But let's get on to this mailbag that we got for you Stadium going on. we got some good questions yeah, up on here. <laughs> um, so the first good question that I, the question I decided to go with because some of these people put some silly comments on here. Uh <laughs> No, on your stadium. Yeah, you, I know, I know. I'm one, I, I have no room to talk, but we got to stick to football in here because we have a limited amount of time. Um, what team do you think will have the biggest turnaround next season, as in bad to good? So you and I discussed this before. We'll, we'll go NFC and AFC, and we, we agreed on the same picks here, so we'll go quick with this. But it, we said Cardinals and Colts. Um yeah. I'll share my thoughts, and then you can say yours real quick, and then we'll move on to the next one. Dondre Hopkins with the Cardinals, perfect. That offense just opened up a lot more. They like Chase Edmonds a lot. They can get a physical bruiser back in the later rounds of this draft, like a Zach Moss, or just there's numerous guys I can go into. Um, 
they go ahead and DJ Humphreys, they give him the long-term deal. That means they are out of the left tackle market in this draft. It clears day they're targeting a right tackle. Uh, I would, my opinion is going to be Dredrick Wills. I think he'd be a perfect right tackle for Arizona. And Kyle Murray, especially how they play offense over there. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, I think is going to have a bounce-back season now that they added Hopkins. They got some – Murray looks great, obviously. I compared him to Drew Brees coming out last year. I think he's going to be great for that team. And that defense improved a little. They, they make some good signings. Uh, I like the Devin Kennard signing for them the most, honestly. I think that's a good hybrid player for that defense. It's 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 good, but it's not great. But it's enough for that team to make some noise in that division this year. So I think they're going to have a huge turnaround too. Yeah, I, I like them. I like the Jordan Phillips move on the interior of the defensive line because mm-hmm. that that needed work. Um, maybe they're a trade back opportunity team too to look for um, maybe a corner opposite of Patrick Peterson. Maybe C.J. Henderson. They move back a few picks. Um, if I'm them, I'm taking. I'm, I'm going defense this year. I think that you know <clears throat> between obviously adding Nuke and and having Kingsbury, you're going to be able to. Um, always kind of stay above the the, the fold on uh, on offense, and I think you know getting Hopkins is, in my opinion, who's a top three, maybe two receiver in the league, uh, and, and you know being able to have Kenyon Drake and like you said Chase Edmonds, mm-hmm. I think you're pretty much set on offense. Obviously, you can always upgrade the offensive line. Um, I would focus on defense. Like they need help back there. Um, and, and yeah, I like the Cam, the Kennard, the Campbell. So they upgraded the linebacker uh, position, and they upgraded the defensive line. But I still think the D line needs work, and I think the secondary needs work too. So um, there's not, you know, there, there is a bit of a drop off. I like the depth of the corners position, and I like there's a lot of big bodies. I like the big body corner, obviously, but um, I think there's a drop from Akuda to Henderson, and then from Henderson to the next guy is an even bigger drop. So I'm not sure. They're kind of in that no man's land where they picked this year, but I think that if they can get an impact player on defense, like I thought an Isaiah Simmons before the hype train really picked up mm-hmm. was a perfect spot for him to go to Arizona, but I don't think he's there anymore. Um, so I think they're like an interesting, I mean, they could always go all line, like you said, but I think they're an interesting feedback. I can't mock, like putting the mock together for you stadium and everything, like, them, the Panthers, and Jaguars, I can't, for the life of me, like figure out what they're going to do. If Derek Brown takes, if I mean, if the Panthers take Derek Brown before the Cardinals get on the clock, I mean, I agree with you. They do need to add another corner. That defense needs a, a playmaker on it. I mean, to uh, really compliment Chandler Jones because I mean that that guy is the best pass rusher in the league, in my opinion. And that's bold yeah, to say, right? Nobody think, talks about it. Nobody him. talks about, it, but he is to me the best pass rusher in the league, at least. Yeah. Um, if I heard that, I might go out and get Marcus Golden and bring him back to compliment Chandler Jones because yeah. he's still out there. Um, you just – that offensive line just gave – it was amazing what Murray did when you consider that offensive line play last year. Outside of DJ Humphreys, they really need to really give uh, Murray more time back there. Uh, it's a tough sub because, again, now you're looking at getting a tackle in the third round then for them. So mm-hmm. – and I mean, it, to me, this tackle is really top heavy in this class. After you get past like six guys, good luck at developing the rest. Um, 
Yeah, because they have Gilbert and Humphreys. Um, yeah, Gilbert there, doesn't so. do it for me. I, I, you bring him back. Yeah. You bring him back in case the pick doesn't go your way, and you or you like a defensive guy. Because if Kuda falls to them, you take him, no doubt. Pair him with Patrick Pearson. You have to, but not going to happen. Um, Derek Brown, I, I can see being a good fit there along that defensive line with Jordan Phillips. Uh, just eat up space and get the, their pass rushers more opportunities. Um, I don't know. I gotta protect Murray though. I they need to upgrade their offensive line play big time. But that those are good. Those, those are good things that we both hit on. Uh, that's why we think the Cardinals will turn around. Now Colts obviously is because you get Phillip Rivers. Uh, I don't think Phillip Rivers is I, now. I don't know if everybody knows. Is I'm in the scouting academy now, and one of the big videos that they showed lately was Phillip Rivers on third down opportunities in San Diego last year, and the interior line was so bad. I mean, excuse me, I keep saying San Diego for Los Angeles. But it was so bad. Philip Rivers couldn't move. He couldn't step into his throws whatsoever last year. And that led to a ton of turnovers. So watching a lot of his film last year is the reason why I'm more confident on the Colts going forward because of that interior play is tremendously better in Indianapolis mm-hmm. with Ryan Kelly. And Quentin Nelson is arguably the best card in the NFL. Um is a great left tackle. Uh, Braden Smith's good for them. They they have a lot to work with on that offensive line, and he's going to have way more time to throw it this year. And then they got the Forrest Buckner on that defense, who's a game changer. Uh, to me, he's on par with Aaron Donald. I think a lot of people put Aaron Donald in a class of his own, but I think the Forrest Buckner is up there in the same category, to be honest with you. Um, that defense is already – that's really what they were lacking, was the guy on the defensive line that really imposes a threat onto offensive lines and opens up opportunities for these guys. They do have some good guys on there, but not enough to really eat up an offensive line's attention like DeForest Buckner's going to command. Darius Leonard's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Uh, their corner situation, obviously, is going to have to improve in this draft. That's probably what they're going to look at 34 right away. Mm-hmm. I, As long as they improve the quarterback position, because... To me, I think you do have to go and get a quarterback in this draft because you've signed Phil Rivers for a one-year deal. And then go ahead and trade Jacoby Brissett, which we'll get into a little bit later in the next question. Um, to me, you still got to go ahead and get the corner first no matter what at any opportunity you can because you could move up from 34. You still have picks to work with. Chris Ballard is not a dumbass. He knows what he's doing. Um, if they get the corner this year, I, the Titans better watch out. Because Marlon Mack's a great running yeah, back. Um, they need to get another wide receiver, but they, they, they have a great year of needing a wide receiver in, in this draft class. Right. Um, yeah, I just I just see Colts turning it around and being, you can, if they get a good corner in this draft, like a Jeff Gladney, because I think he's NFL ready right away, mm-hmm. I, I think you should watch out for them being the AFC Championship game, to be honest. That's just, that's bold, but... Uh, I think yeah, it Rick, comes down to Rivers, right? Like, yeah. What does he have left in the tank? I mm-hmm. mean, the pieces are there around. Um, you could just tell Brissett really wasn't the guy last year. There was a lot of missed throws out there. Exactly. Close games, too, that, that they just couldn't get over the hump where, I mean, it's tough to compare him to Luck because Luck was a top three cornerback when he was here. And having to, like, that situation the Colts were in last year was just, Unthinkable, you know, mm-hmm. to, to lose a guy like that to not even an injury, like demoralizing beyond belief. So they had it. I mean, I love the coaching staff, the defense now, like you said with Buckner, like that defense, that one D lineman where you can kind of hang your hat on. I still think they're 
another piece of lay on defense, like you said, is probably a corner. And losing to Sierra, I mean, it didn't really make much sense to me because yeah, he, I don't know yeah, he had a drop-off last year compared to 2018. But even still last year, he had a decent year. So, And it was really only over a few million dollars, and they have the cap space. So, yeah, um, I didn't understand that move either. <clears throat> yeah, and, and not surprising that Jets called him up like immediately and had him in the next day and signed him. But uh, I like the Colts pick too because I don't buy that division either. I think the Titans will take a step back because I don't buy Tannehill. Um, the Jaguars are in a retool. Um, and the Texans, I mean, the Texans are no, they're gonna knows implode. now without Hopkins. They're going to implode. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Colts pick. And, and quickly before we move on, I think if the Chargers can figure out what they're doing at quarterback, that talent, right. that roster is so talented. Um, and they even made some nice additions this offseason. Trey Turner, you know, that's a big upgrade. They did get Brian Balaga, too, mm-hmm. as a right tackle. So um, they we'll should see what they do. I mean, if they do get two, is he going to play right away, or are they going to play with Tyrod? Who knows? So If they, um, we'll so if they draft Tua, you play him right away. That's not a question. Yeah, they should sign. I don't think they're going to get Tua though. I think the Dolphins are going to really strong arm everybody and get it. End up getting him. Uh, if they draft Justin Herbert, me personally, I would sign Cam. Then uh, there's no way I would go into a scenario where Tyrod Taylor is my starting quarterback day one. I'm sorry, there's just no way. I saw enough with him his last year in Cleveland, and I know that he's great with Anthony Lynn's system in Buffalo. He did it before, but. No, not at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, if you're gonna draft, yeah. if I know a lot of people want to see the quarterback on the field right away, but I think the best case scenario for Justin Herbert is to sit and learn from a guy like Cam Newton, who's probably gonna look at a one-year deal to rebuild his market and attack it next off-season. Um, yeah, if the Chargers yeah. get Cam Newton, then it's game on. Uh, they could def- they right. could def- they join that conversation as well. So that's a good nugget to add in there because if they get Justin Herbert, I don't know about it in year one. Uh, but if they get Tua, then yes, they can make some noise also because I think he's day one ready no matter what too. So, yeah, that's that. there goes our thoughts on that one. So let's do the next one. Um, this is from Mike N. He asked, This is personally for you. He asked, what is your opinion of the Jets game plan going forward into the 2020 NFL virtual draft? I know we hit on some guys, but just quickly, uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, I think the focus is on – it's funny because the Jets kind of built their team – the exact opposite way of any successful model. <laughs> like they they completely neglected the offensive tackle, the uh, the edge rushers, even the corners for years now, and it took them a while to to, to find Darnold, um, and the jury is still out. So that's where the focus shifts to for any GM worth a shit is. What left tackle, corner, edge, and quarterback? So you you you, know, you have the quarterback that you think you like. So now you have to add some weapons around him. So I think the focus is protecting Darnold on the offensive line, getting him a playmaker that he desperately needs, um, and then on defense, it's either you know in the third or fourth round can you find that an edge rusher who can come in and even in a situational you know in a situational role get after the quarterback, or can you find a corner that. Uh, Greg Williams likes and feels comfortable playing and putting him into that kind of rotation that they have. So um, I think that's kind of where you focus. And then uh, then you kind of go from there. They're set, really. They have a lot of interior line depth. They have a lot of interior linebacker depth. They have, obviously, great safeties. And you could probably add another running back in there at some point, too. So 
think that's the focus on offensive tackle and playmaker for Darnold. All right, so the next one is Matt Jets. What trades do you think will happen on or before draft day? All right, so for draft picks-wise, Dolphins traded three. Uh, Lions went back to five and still get Okuda. Perfect situation for them to add more picks because they have a lot of holes on that team as well. Uh, I'll give some players, I think, that will be traded during the draft. I'm going to go with Royce Freeman from the Broncos, Kenny Stills from the Texans. I think that's such a movable contract. Um, Jacoby Brissett of the Colts. I think if the Patriots don't get the guy they they want in the second round, because I don't, I think they're going to take Zach Bong, uh, the edge rusher out of uh, Wisconsin. He's a perfect replacement for Kyle Van Noy. That's the player who I actually compared him to. I think they take him at twenty three. Um, again, I think they go to the second round and look at a Jacob Beeson or uh, uh, Jacob Fromm, who I really think is actually who they'll take in the second round if he's there. But if not, uh, they go ahead and. Maybe the Colts go ahead and add a quarterback in this draft and then trade Jacoby Brissett to the Patriots in that draft. Um, that's a couple guys I see. Trent Williams maybe gets traded during the draft. Yeah. I think it just depends on if who doesn't get the guy that they wanted at left tackle on a team. Um, but yeah, those would probably be the players I get. I, I think the Ravens will trade up also. I, I do think the Ravens will move up. I think they have a ton of picks to work with. Um, they think they're close enough. Uh, if you look last year, they you could argue the biggest hole against the Titans game was they didn't have a wide receiver to make plays for them when Lamar Jackson needed him to. Uh, you have ammo to move up. The 49ers could move back from 13 if they don't like the wide receiver on the board because I don't think they're in on Judy. I think they want Lamb or Ruggs. Um, I really think they want Lamb at 13. If he's not there, you can see them trading back and maybe the Ravens getting to Judy or the I think Judy or uh, Lamb would be perfect for them, but I really think Judy, given how the Ravens love Alabama players, um, yeah, that that's probably some of the trades that I see going down. Yeah, I mean, I think like you know, you, you hit on a few, and the quarterback position is, is interesting with Dolan, and then Brissett makes sense too. Um, the the one guy, it's like another quarterback. Like, what are the Dolphins going to do with Rosen? Like, I know they said they're going to hold on to him, mm. but. Like, you're going to go in with a quarterback. You're going to go with your starter in fits. You're going to go in with a rookie this year, unless they shock everybody and just kind of, like, punt it to next year and try and get a um, <clears throat> Clemson, the Clemson quarterback or, mm-hmm. or Fields, like you said, Lawrence or Fields. Like, are you going to go where the reps go? Like, where are the reps coming from for Rosen? What are you doing with him? And, like, where is his value now? So, like, I don't know. That's a weird. Like, if they weren't in the same division as the, as the Dolphins or the, the Patriots were, like, I could see Rosen getting. Moved oh yeah, they the love pass. Rosen. They love Rosen too. So, I and you would think Brian Flores and the Bill Belichick relationship would make it work, but I, I just don't think they want to give Rosen to them. You would. Yeah. You, you would think. And another one I saw Desmond King. They were saying for the Chargers is like in a move up situation, maybe for for Tua if they want to go. Let's say the Lions if they wanted Okuda that bad. You know they get Ooh. King their their pick and another second rounder to move up. You know maybe the Lions you know can go instead of you know taking Okuda, you get King, and now you're in a situation if the Giants go Lyman, you can sit there with Isaiah Simmons, or you can get yourself a Lyman. So <clears throat> that could be something to to look for too. All right. So next question is from Splash. It's or he asked, is Dallas and Philly two of the most talented teams in the NFL? Who has the advantage in 2020? Now, I'm going to remove my fan hat from this and put the NFL hat on. And 
here's what I like about Dallas. I think Mike McCarthy was getting his second chance here is a good move. Mm-hmm. Dak's on the franchise tag. I don't think they're going to agree to a long-term deal because I think it's kind of like reminiscent of the Kirk Cousins situation where Dallas thinks we made you and Dak's thinking, no, I, I made myself and I am the franchise quarterback of this team and you'll find out. You're going to have to pay me like one. I, I, I like that they kept Kyle Moore for the Dak standpoint of it because last year to me, Dak looked like the most complete quarterback he's ever looked in his career as a passer. Definitely. So... There are Dallas. It's going to be tough because you have a quarterback that has to prove himself and have that chip on his shoulder. Who's I believe will definitely perform to that level to deserve a new new contract and get paid what he's asking to be the franchise quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they can easily replace Randall Cobb in this draft. There's so many slot wide receivers in this class. They can oh, get, yeah. they can get they can easily replace that role. That. Yeah. So their offense is going to be explosive again, but. Don't discount Travis Frederick. That's no, that is a huge loss. I know. So I don't want to discount that loss either. But then you say that, and the Cowboys fans will be like, "Well, when Joe Looney was in there, we went to the divisional round." So it, it's a huge loss, especially given the fact that Tyron Smith has missed three games the last Only four years. Only older. Yeah. And uh, Lyle Collins has really stepped up though for that O line. Yeah. I, I, it, the O line will get the job done no matter what. Honestly, they still have Zach Martin, Lyle Collins stepped up like I just said. It's really the defensive side for the Cowboys where I'm like, and again, That's this is not, this is, exactly, this isn't me being an Eagles fan, this is me being an NFL fan. Ha Clinton Dix, I like that addition, I do like that addition, but Xavier Woods hasn't really lived up to the hype, they're going to miss Byron Jones like crazy, they're going to miss Byron Jones so much, I think people were like, well, he doesn't really get that many picks, so how good is he, which is ridiculous. Electric and coverage shuts down. He really took the side of he took his side of his field and he shut it down. Trevor Wuze is awful. He's horrible. Yeah. He's been a bust for them in the second round so far. He's not going to get any better. Jordan Lewis is all right. Anthony Brown's an okay nickel. They're, they people are underestimating the loss of Robert Quinn for them. And I know they replaced him with all. I guess you're going to have to say that you're replacing him with Alden Smith now. But I mean, this is Alden Smith for four years on the NFL. I mean, Robert Quinn was their best edge rusher last year. Lawrence took the attention away from, I mean, uh, the offensive line paid attention to Lawrence, and Robert Quinn went off, and he looked better than Lawrence even in games where the the teams had to shift over and start double-blocking Lawrence, too. Uh, They improved their interior. They're aligned to a a degree. I don't think they did as much as they possibly. I mean, they did what they could given their cap ramifications that they had to pay Cooper, which I agree with. I think they had to do that. And bring him back. Uh-huh. Um, Joe McCoy is good for the interior rushing side of it, but again, you're getting Joe McCoy at the downtime of his career. Don Terry Poe is a one injury away from retirement. Uh, Tristan Hill, their first pick last year, they didn't even play him, so they obviously aren't that high on him. Replacing Robert Quinn's production with Allen Smith, to you, he's a complete wild card. You don't know what you're getting out of him at this point. They're they're asking their defensive line to do a lot with so with so little. You're asking a lot of Gerald McCoy. You're asking a lot of Dexter Lawrence, especially given that secondary. It's gonna get picked on, and not only that, Mike Nolan is awful. I don't know why they hired yeah. Mike Nolan. I, I like Asante Samuel said it perfect the other day. He he came out on Twitter. He goes, told my followers, who do you think is the worst defensive coordinator I've, I've ever had? 
And everybody's thinking Juan Castillo, obviously, because he was an O-line coach moved to D.C. with the Eagles when, when uh, Sante was with the Eagles. And he goes, nope, it's Mike Nolan. Awful defensive system. <laughs> I, but I still balled in it, though. Mike Nolan is a really bad defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, you that would was think, a weird one, too. Between that and, and Chan Gailey, I was like, You would think what? the way that Mike McCarthy studied analytics and was out of football for a year, you would think he's with the modern age stuff that you would yeah, not hire. Yeah, you believe he's full of shit and he just said that to get a job, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, it seems like loyalty because uh, McCarthy was no one's OC in the, with the 49ers, so it seems just like yeah. loyalty there, honestly, but you're asking a lot of that, Pat. That, 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 if they don't get corner in the first round or an edge rusher, if they don't get Chasson or uh, any corner, really, Henderson, Fulton, even Gladney, because I'm, I'm higher on these corners than maybe you are. Yeah. It's going to be a like rough year for their defense. Their offense will put up points no matter what. And in a division with – because I'm obviously getting a pair into the Philly, which is what he's asking me who has the advantage. And I would say Philly because of the defense. And this is, again, yeah. the, the, fans, the fan hat is off. I'm putting the NFL fan hat on. It – the thing about the Eagles is they're relying on whoever they draft to be their vertical threat because I don't think Deshaun's going to play at full 16. Uh, mm-hmm. They, The reason why the Eagles go 9-7 each year is because they have no explosiveness from their wide receiver corps. And they can double-team t- yeah. Zach Ertz and keep, clearly keep him out of games. The Eagles can't win games every year. And this is why they always lose to these teams where you're like, how the hell they lose to them? It's because their offense is so limited. And now they didn't do anything at the wide receiver position where they're backed themselves in a corner where they have to go into this draft and, and get these and get these explosiveness from receivers out of this draft class. And a lot of people have them mocked to Jefferson, and I definitely understand it. He's a high-volume slot wide receiver who could be like the Chris Goblin. I like Jefferson to, to Baltimore a lot. I like him. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I thought that maybe the Eagles might not be high on him because – of how they use the slot position in 12 personnel. But uh-huh. Jefferson's going to be like a Chris Godwin, Juju, uh, Michael Thomas type wide receiver. So the Eagles don't have talent like that wide receiver right now. So I get, definitely get them being in on Jefferson. But even if they get Jefferson, they're not going to be able to get a vertical threat in this draft then because you're looking at fit, the pick 53. It's going to be can't KJ Hamler, who I'm not high on at all. He drops passes like nobody's business. He's more Tavon Austin than he is Tyree Kill. I don't understand why people are obsessed with him. Um, yeah. They can't get much explosiveness in this draft after the guys like Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, those guys are off the board. It, if the Eagles do that again and the Cowboys at least address their defense and for some reason Mike Nolan has like a great defense, which I don't see it happening, the Cowboys can easily outscore the Eagles in games. So it, it would it would be neck and neck for the division again. Um I would just give the slight edge to the Eagles just because their defense is a lot better right now. Yeah, I would too. I, I, for for the reason you mentioned, and also this Dak situation is going to loom because I don't think they're going to sign him long term anytime soon. And you know, with this off season, who knows what you know amount of time we're going to have in camp, and you know, with a new coach, at least there's that continuity there for the Eagles. Um, you're replacing a center for Dak now. You know, the coach is there, but McCarthy, let's be honest, is going to be calling the shots. He's not the kind of guy who's going to just, you know, fold over and then give the reins to, to Kellen Moore. So he's going to have his influence there. So, you know, you're talking again with some uncertainty around Dak coming into the season. 
um, if it was a normal offseason and Dak was signed and Frederick was there, I may lean towards the Cowboys just because of um, I think the offense will be better and they could probably piece some things together and draft a few guys on the back end. Um, but there's just some, some issues for the Cowboys at, at some key positions. But I think those are two of the better teams in the NFC anyway. So I think regardless, it'll be a, um, you know, it'll come down again to like the last few weeks of the season. Just from like, you would think maybe Mike McCarthy wants Dak to play on the franchise tag. Maybe that's what he's hoping for. To see if he can really yeah. be his quarterback. I mean, maybe that's and a Jerry's might not be the board. worst thing for Dak, too, with the cap going up so much. And, you know. He's definitely going to get the money. Too, yeah. So. He would, if, he, if it works out, then he gets the money he's looking for because they're going to sign him. They're going to say, okay, yeah. Mike's our, uh, Mike McCarthy's our coach. Dak looked amazing underneath him. If he, if he looks like last year, that's good enough for me. Honestly, I think yeah. Dax. I mean, I'm one of those Eagles fans who thinks Dax a franchise quarterback and good. I don't. I don't think he's bad. I think the one he's going to win the playoff games. Though that team is too talented to not be in the playoffs. It, that offense is. That defense isn't. Yeah. That defense is yeah. going to have to catch up to that offense. But I mean, they can score enough points to at least get the wall. They can listen. The NFC East hasn't had a back-to-back winner since 2004, 2005, and it was the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys can win that division this year easily. They definitely can. They can score a ton of points. Yeah. It's just when you're giving to me that defense on paper, and you're telling me like Mike Nolan's in charge of it. Uh. If you're get, if you're telling me once is playing every game this year, and he's healthy in the playoffs, and you're drafting a receiver who's going to make an impact for you, then the Eagles are the better team. But the Eagles need a lot of things to go their need, way. They need a lot of things. Can they you be just... sure of that with Wentz? Like, no. That's the one. You know, that's the one thing at the end of the day that you're you're always going to have in your back of your mind. Even if, let's say, Wentz is playing really well and it's week fourteen, and you feel really good about the team, there's just always that when's it going to happen feeling. I mean, I don't have to tell you that. I'm sure in the back of your mind or in like the pit of your stomach, you feel that. Oh yeah, no, I do. It, it... It, he could go down, honestly. He, it, he, I don't think he's... I, I, as a fan, I don't think he's injury-prone because he missed eight games. But, I mean, he's susceptible to take hits. And, and honestly, the fumbles are his biggest issue, too. Uh, mm-hmm. He could throw away games just by his fumbling issues. So, yeah. the Cowboys can score enough points to win this division, absolutely. Their defense might not be on par with that. But it, it just... it Again, they get a second-place schedule now that they play this season. So... They could easily win this division, but I'm going to go with the Eagles just because of... If Deshaun Jackson yeah. plays at least 12 games, that offense is going to be way more wide open just from the vertical threat that he brings. Because that's the thing about the Eagles. No defense was taking them seriously past the hash mark. They always played their underneath stuff, and that was the only thing that they could do last year. Um, once you have a vertical threat, the underneath stuff comes naturally, and that offense will be way more open, just like it was in 2017. Torrey Smith was nothing, really, with us. It was just the fact that he was a vertical threat and made the defense to stay on him. Defense to stay on him. But, all right, man. Well, that looks like pretty much all our questions too. So, uh, let's just tell everybody at your stadium about your stadium real quick, and then let's give it an end. And yeah, it was awesome, and we could talk, you know, for hours. And especially now with, you know, not really much else going on, and it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of like pent up 
conversations you can have from the football season that you really aren't getting elsewhere. So could have gone forever, but um, Hey, I mean, if you're looking for a place to talk football, there's no place better than new stadium. I mean, you know, you have the Twitter and the Instagrams for, for combos, but you know, on the app, you get that really in depth filtered out, um, engaged conversation. That's really talking elsewhere. So, um, I'm biased, of course, but I do think it is the best platform to talk football on. And mm-hmm. um, you know, now with the new introduction of like the gamified aspect to the app, where you earn actual rewards, you know, you earn points and um, from predicting polls and quizzes and through engagement, like posting and replies and comments and likes. Um, you know, you do earn points in which you can redeem for stuff in our store. Uh, there's a leaderboard where you can keep track of, you know, the most active, the most, you know, the correct polls and whatnot. So um, it's really just kind of the all-encompassed platform for super fans to talk about the sport that they love. And, you know, it's not just a football conversation. Obviously, that's where the focus is. But there's always conversations about other sports and you know, getting into the world of esports now. You know, that being kind of full-fledged, really the only thing going on right now. Um, you know, we're streaming some Madden. I hope you are a Madden Connor, but... Um, one of our guys, actually, Connor on board is, you know, quote, pretty good. One of the one of the elites at playing Madden. So if you want to uh, get on the sticks yeah. and challenge him, see, see what that's all about. Awesome. <laughs> so he's streaming all the time. So just uh, throw your gamer tag on the app and Connor will set it up and you can play him for some U Stadium points. That's awesome, man. Yep. So <laughs> U Stadium is on uh, Google Play Store and it's also on the App Store. Just download it real quick, make an account. Jump right on and join the football discussion, guys. Uh, it's really great, really good interaction. You learn a lot, and like he said, it's at least filtered content from the Twitter side of things. So it's a good place to talk about uh, sports, and it also does sponsor this ad, uh, this podcast now. So that's why you hear us with that ad on it each week now. Um, Nick at Nick Spano on Twitter. If you want to hit him up and talk Jets, uh, find more about U Stadium. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It was a great talking to you and. Uh, I can't wait to see how this episode goes moving forward. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And always down to talk. Just hit me up and, and I'm around. I appreciate it. And best of luck. Kick ass with the show, bro.